Hey everybody, this is Jason. I just wanted to let you know, uh, thanks for listening to the podcast, but this week we had a little bit of trouble with the sound for the first few minutes. So up until eight minute mark, we have the recording, but it's a little bit hard to hear. But if you stick with it at eight minutes, it gets a lot better. So hopefully you can hang with the first part to listen to it all. Thanks again for listening and see you soon. To go into wilderness, to go into wandering. Uh, the, the point of Lent, oftentimes Lent gets sort of um, summed up in this space of like, what are you going to give up for Lent this year? And sometimes we minimize what we're really, what's really happening, what really should be happening, because we're like, we're going to give up chocolate, I'm going to give up uh, uh, coffee. For Maybe we are asked to give up more than that, more than a food, more than a habit. Maybe we are being asked to give up. Our self-deception. <laughs> Ooh, oh, oh God. <laughs> That's it for today. We'll see you next week. <laughs> but Lent is this time where we, we as humans, we become so distracted with the, the voices, the noise in our life, don't we? Like like the glittery pieces of the world, and we we are focusing and then we're not. And then we're like, oh, well, I'm not focused anymore. And there is so much noise around us. This Lent, we are being invited to wander into the desert on purpose in order to rediscover who we are, to quiet the voices of the world that are pulling us to death, and invite God to restore us the beloved voice that we heard when we came into this kingdom. So today, we are on the first week of that, and I want us to talk about sound. Noise. Now, I um, just a little bit about me. I hate noise. Like uh, I'm annoying about it. I have there's a disorder, and it's called misophonia. And I think I have that disorder. Um, and my children can attest to. Like whenever somebody is eating a loud, something loud in our house, it drives me crazy. Like celery, and we eat so much celery in our house. And when my wife eats a, a thing of celery. I think that she has this distinct mouth cavity formation to where it magnifies sound out of her mouth. Like, it's incredible how loud celery is. And, like, carrots, those, I, oh, it drives me, I'm, I'm getting stressed just thinking about it. Does anybody else have this problem? Like, okay, it's quite common. Yes, yes, we have this problem together. We have official diagnosis. We are slightly off. Um, and... But, but there's like, there's this idea that, that a lot of sounds bother us, even the ones we don't know. They're doing these all sorts of really interesting studies about living in cities because there's all this migration back to the cities um, throughout the world. And there's all these studies now that are developing in saying that the constant noise of cities, traffic, trains, construction, like those noises actually stress us, stress our bodies out. Like, it's stressful, and we don't even know it. So, like, we are living in oftentimes this very low level of stress. You know, like, many of you live near a highway, right? You hear that. But then after a time, you say, like, oh, we don't, we don't even hear it anymore, right? Your body hears it, actually. 
And so that, like, we can't do anything about that. We can't move the highway. We can't move our house. Many of you live near a train or, or like, they do these studies, these fascinating studies about children that live in really noisy environments in cities or urban areas and how that, that constant noise actually affects their brains because their brains having to, like, like, deal with that noise on a subconscious level and it doesn't have all of the capacity to focus in on things like learning and reading and math. So fascinating studies about the, how the noise affects us. And so the, today I, I want us to think about not the noise of traffic or trains or city life, but I want us to think about the noise of the voices that are around us. The things that we hear, the news, the social media, the broadcasts, all the things that we hear all the time around us that are constantly trying to define who we are, right? Constantly trying to define what we should be about, how we should react, what we should be afraid of, what we shouldn't be afraid of, who we should accept, who we should not accept, what this political agenda is, what that political agenda is, who's doing it. It's overwhelming. Do you ever feel like this? Like the voices in our current life are overwhelming and stressful. I think all of us, all Americans, all of humanity right now, we are constantly living in not a, like a low-level stress system, but like a mid- to high-level stress system with all of the noise, the voices that are around us constantly. And so in this space, as we come in this morning with this sort of noise in us, we are being invited to journey into the wilderness with Jesus. I um, I love they what so I love this. I love nature sounds. I love nature. You guys love nature sounds. Like nature sounds actually, because the studies that are reading help to um, counteract the noise of city life, of traffic, of things. Like nature sounds help to rewire our brains and actually uh, inhibit the fight or flight function that our brain is feeling when we get stressed. So if we, if we want healing, if we want to help our mind to get better, to be able to focus in, nature is the place. Take a walk in nature. Listen to the birds. Oh, I love listening to the birds. Listen to the stream, the bubbling of the stream. This morning I, I found, um, I don't know if you all are familiar with like um, the, the, the Buddhist practice of bowl ringing. But it's so soothing. If you haven't, you can find that on YouTube or something. This morning we have that. Luke, can you um, can you play that as I read the scripture this morning? Our text this morning comes from Luke three and Luke four. Luke three in Jesus' baptism is connected to the wilderness wanderings, so we'll start there. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my son whom I love, with you I am well pleased. And then in the desert, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, then left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for forty days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell the stone to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, People do not live on bread alone. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, 
I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want. If you worship me, it will be all yours. Jesus answered, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil then led him up to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered, it is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. This is the word of God, the people of God. Caused you some rift in your life with others. Maybe you felt some distance with God and you were wondering and questioning, does God still love me? And we are tempted in that moment, right? Like, like to, to test God's love. Like a, like a child who, who's not quite sure of their parents' love. They would run out into traffic to see if their parent would come and save them. How much do you love me? This is what the temptation was, to test God's love. But Jesus was reminded maybe of his, the voice that he heard at his baptism that said, You are my love. You are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Today, maybe we need to hear that again as well. That no matter what you have done, no matter what others say about you, no matter what the media writes or, or, or the church says, you are God's beloved child held like a newborn in God's hands. I read this story one time of, of maybe it was, I, I can't quite remember and I couldn't find it this week, but, but how in certain places in very cold and snowy and blizzard climates that sometimes back in the old days where you had to like go out to the outhouse to do your business, ooh, in a snowstorm, that sounds terrible. But like the, the, those, when you go out in a blizzard and everything is white, that people would actually have to tie, tether a rope around themselves, tie it at home, and then walk out with a rope so you could get back to your house when you, after your business was done. And like, like wow, like, well, that must have been terrible and miserable. I couldn't imagine living in that. But I think that's a beautiful image for us today. To be reminded that we also need to be tethered, held to our baptismal reminder that we are God's child, beloved, and God is well pleased in us. Because we get lost, don't we? we, we the, the noises of the world, the voices around us that are telling us this and are, and are afraid of that. I mean, I don't know about y'all, but it's been a kind of a hard couple weeks in the space that we call the United Methodist Church, but not only that, but sort of society. Oh gosh, it's been longer than a couple of hard weeks in society. But we have this tendency to drift away, don't we? To lose ourselves. I, I, I know, I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired of the voices that feel like they must put other people down that disagree with them. That must destroy your position in order to sustain their own. I'm tired of the voices that weaponize the Bible in order to destroy other people. The Bible's not a weapon. And anytime we use it as a weapon, 
It should declare to us that we have no clue what it's about then when we use it as a weapon to hurt other people. I don't know about you, but it feels like the American church is just in a toxic place right now where we are so afraid of each other. We are so afraid of being wrong. When I wish we could realize we're probably wrong, more wrong about things than we're right about things. And the only place that we can stand, the only firm foundation that we have is love. Everything else is grasping in the dark. What is this? What is that? I don't, I don't know. But, all, but what I know is this. God is love. And I will love my neighbor as I love myself. It feels like we are full of fear. Like we are full of hate. We are full of division. We are full of bigotry. We are just full of toxicity. It's like the American church has cancer right now. From all the bad things that we have put in ourselves, the toxic environment that we have lived in, the voices that we have believed about ourselves, the way that we have gone astray by by listening to politicians define who God is for us. Like I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat, but let's not allow our politicians to teach us theology. Okay? Because that's never a good spot to be in. Like, we as a church have cancer, I think. Because we've exposed ourselves to so many toxins. And here we are. We don't even know who we are anymore. We've gone astray and listened to the voices and we're sick. And maybe we need to remember, this is our baptismal font, and imagine that it, it's pretty heavy, but imagine that it weighed a thousand tons and nothing could ever move it from this spot. And we, as followers of Jesus, need to tie the rope of our life around here and then tie it around us and realize when we go out into the world, it's a blizzard of noise around us and we have a tendency to lose our way and not know how to get back. But maybe we need this tether to pull ourselves back into this spot of safety where we remember the words that are spoken over us at our baptism in saying, you are God's beloved and you, God, is well pleased. And you are God's beloved. You don't need to do anything to earn that love. It doesn't matter that maybe you made a wrong turn. It doesn't matter what they say about you or they say about you. It doesn't matter. You are God's beloved according to God. And you, God, is well pleased. It doesn't matter the expectations that you had on yourself or your parents had on you or your job had on you or your church had on you or your college had on you. It doesn't matter the the guilt that other people try to put on you for not meeting their expectations, God is well pleased because you are God's child who God holds in God's hands and looks down upon and says, beautiful, sacred, lovely life. 
Maybe we need to hear that voice again. So this Lent, let us journey into the wilderness on purpose. We're not lost. We are going out there on purpose to rehear the voice of God in our life, to quiet the noise that is stressing us out around us and causing us to be so unhealthy. Negative thoughts have such a negative impact on your life, on your body, on your health, and yet we, we dish those out on one another, don't we? Oh, man, you, like, I've read the comments. Don't ever read the comments. <laughs> I've read some of them, and I just, I don't get angry with them. I don't get upset with them. People that, that I, 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 I read them, and I just think, I'm so sorry that you feel this bad about your life. That you have to trash somebody else's life in order to feel good about your own. In order to feel like your faith can survive, you must completely destroy and discredit someone else's faith. In order for you to feel like you have an existence, you must discredit and destroy someone else's life. I'm so sorry that you have believed the voices of fear and death and hate around you. I'm so sorry. Maybe all of us in the American church need once again to go into the wilderness to calm the noise around us in order to hear, to find our nourishment in the way of God that brings life, to find our future, our glory in that of a budding flower, not in the halls of power. And maybe we need to go into the wilderness to hear once again our God say to us, you are my beloved. You are my beloved. This Lent, let's do that together. Let's spend the next 40 days quieting those noises around us. There's an app that I would love for you to download. It's in the bulletin, the one that I talked about. It's a daily meditation app. And, and we, it takes five minutes, seven minutes. Download it. Not right now. Later. <clears throat> when you get home. And do that every day. Or, or if you can't do it every day, okay, just try to do it a couple times a week. L- listen to the soothing sounds and reflect on how much you are loved. It will change you. Putting in those good voices. Read one of those books that I described. I mean, I love Richard Rohr. He's, he's such a, it's, it reminds us that every one of us belong to God in all things. Richard Rohr is amazing. He breaks down these walls of the either or and in and out and like, no, we're all in. We're all in God's kingdom. I love it. Henry Nouwen is a great mystical leader. And, and the way of the heart is this beautiful this understanding of who we are in Christ. But also, we, we can't just hyper-focalize on our own spirituality. We must also hear the voices that, that are true but hard, like Ta-Nehisi Coates and Between the World and Me, to understand what life is like for people who have a different experience, a different color of skin, a different history. Or Justin Lee's torn book about him being a gay man and his journey to finding reconciliation in the church. 
How are we going to put these voices in? Meet three people over the next 40 days. I hope that some of you will commit to that. And let me know that you're doing it. And tell me the stories because I want to hear it. Meet with, meet with each other. And then at the end of the meeting, spend five minutes and say, here's what's beautiful about you that I learned. We need to be telling each other how beautiful we are because the world is not, right? <laughs> Let's tell each other how beautiful we are, how lovely that we are, how beloved that you are, and how God is working in your life. I can see that. Let's see that in each other. This Lent, let's journey into the wilderness on purpose to hear our baptismal voice again, to understand in fullness that we are not what the world says we are, and it does not matter what the world says we are. It doesn't matter what the comments say about who I am or about who you are. All that matters is this. God's voice which speaks from the heavens is coming down like a dove in a bodily form and saying to you today, you are God's beloved in whom God is well pleased. You are God's beloved in whom God is well pleased. You are God's beloved in whom God is well pleased. As we prepare our hearts for communion, let's pray. Lord God, in this moment where